G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, there are calls today to protect Australian children from being exposed to the practices of gender clinics. Our special guest today says gender clinics are destroying their young bodies and lives. A campaign is underway calling on the Prime Minister Anthony Albanese and the Attorney-General Mark Dreyfus to call a Royal Commission to protect and care for children by uncovering what's really happening in our nation's gender clinics. Kiralee Smith leads the organisation Binary, an organisation that aims to promote and honour the inherent differences between boys and girls, men and women celebrating the true strength of the diversity those differences grant. Kiralee Smith has been one of those, a prominent voice standing up to the rampant campaign to de-gender Australian society. And Kiralee is joining us. Kiralee, welcome back to 2020. Thank you for having me, Neil. Kiralee, we're going to get into this issue and in a deeper way and uh, some things to celebrate. Uh, You've got a whole bunch of new things that are happening and uh, launching a new website today. It's going to be easily accessible for uh, visitors to actually understand more deeply what is happening from that binary perspective. But I can't go past this. Something very significant and even historic has happened overnight. And uh, I'd love to get your insight here because uh, for some time now we've been talking about the possibility of what's coming in the Northern Territory and overnight Northern Territory the Labor government has pushed through their discrimination laws Uh, we've been talking about those and in a little bit of depth and the Northern Territory bill forces religious schools to hire staff who do not adhere to the school's beliefs now this is unheard of It's in direct opposition to the Attorney-General's public statement this month that religious schools can continue to build a community of faith by giving preference in good faith to people of the same religion as the educational institution in the selection of staff. Uh, I'm just interested in your reaction to what's happened in the Northern Territory overnight. Well, it's absolutely mind-boggling, Neil. Um, When you look at the things that are protected, um, the conflation of different things, um, and basically they're protecting lies, which is just unbelievable. So for in you know my area of expertise, we're talking about sex and gender. Sex is a biological reality. Gender is a personality expression. Um, nobody can change their sex, and yet this Northern Territory law says that that personality expression of gender is now a protected characteristic. And so, uh, really, it's terrible for Christian schools, but it's terrible for all schools, Neil, because, um, you know, anyone who wants to stand up and say, I believe in biology, I believe in the science, I believe in reality, um, will be uh, at risk falling foul of these anti-discrimination laws now that protect uh, people who want to appropriate the opposite um, sex. It's just absolutely staggering that this is now law. 
There's an additional element to this bill that's passed overnight. Uh, The bill also prohibits any act that is reasonably likely to offend, insult, humiliate or intimidate another person or group of people. And what that seems to mean is that a person could find themselves in trouble for merely expressing their opinion in an email or on a social media post if it offends someone. So it's around these sorts of issues and driven by what we might all call a woke LGBT agenda. What are your thoughts for the way that free speech is also evaporating even before our eyes? Well, well, who measures offence, Neil? Like, what a crazy thing. It's not measurable. There's no consistency. Um you know, what I'm offended by will be completely different to what you're offended by or, or somebody else. So there's no standard, there's no measure, there's no evidence basis for that. Um, and so it, it can, it, and we, we already see it so manipulated. You know, I have been banned, as you know, Neil, so many times on social media platforms for stating that a man can't be a woman. Now, that's fact, but it hurts some people's feelings. And so under these new laws, I risk uh, being penalised for stating the facts because it might hurt someone's feelings. It's it's really gone beyond a joke and it's going to require uh, citizens of Australia to stand up, to not give in to this intimidation and bullying and to speak the truth because it is not truthful and it's not loving and it's not kind to uh, perpetuate lies such as men can be women. Uh, You know, we are yet to see this unfold, uh, but given this sort of legislation in the Northern Territory, it may not be long. But when you say, you know, you've been standing up and saying, a man can't be a woman, and this is a defence of women's rights, uh, you may not be able to even say that in a Christian school in the Northern Territory. That seems to be where this is headed, and that's going to create all sorts of issues, isn't it? Because schools really are a subset of the Christian church, and so you trample on the Christian schools, uh, you trample on the toes of the church. Yeah, well, I hope, Neil, that the school principals, the school boards, uh, the teachers refuse uh, to acknowledge or to um, submit to this very bad law. It's it's in direct opposition to God's laws, God's grace, God's kindness. Uh, he's all about truth. Jesus, as we've said before, Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. And so it's a real uh, clarion call to the churches and the Christians in the Northern Territory and in other states of Australia to uh, draw a line in the stand and to honour uh, God, to love God and to love one another by speaking truth and by challenging this very, very bad law. Now, there's a real connection. Uh, Let's just build a bridge for a moment between what's happened in the Northern Territory Uh, what's typically beginning to happen in schools in various states around Australia where parents don't have a whole lot of say over what their children are being taught about gender and sex and uh, parents being left out of the equation because kids finding their way into a gender clinic uh, because of something they've heard in school, uh, parents out of the equation. Uh, This comes into part of what you're talking about today, this call for a royal commission. Correct. So there's so many reasons we're calling for this royal commission, Neil, but um, what we're finding is that children are being led down an irreversible and very harmful pathway that involves medications and sometimes surgeries that do 
unspeakable harm to young people uh, in terms of their sterility. Uh, they will be left with no sexual function. It has bone density and brain development issues. Um, there, there's so many factors and these gender clinics are just running unchecked without studies, without uh, evidence-based science behind them. But um, that's also empowering uh states now like Northern Territory but uh, Victoria we've been campaigning very heavily there they have their state election uh, this weekend um, and there's laws in Victoria and um, and we, we're hearing reports from other states of similar schools doing this where school staff begin socially transitioning children without their parental their parents knowledge or consent uh, and it inevitably leaves leads down these pathways so there must be an, a very urgent, Royal Commission into these practices because there is untold harm being done. Now, when we talk about that process, it's called transitioning. Uh, that's where you've got the trans agenda. Uh, you have now begun to perpetuate and collate and compile uh, a whole lot of stories of detransitioners in Australia and you've got a whole lot of those that are appearing now on your brand new website. Uh, give us an insight into what your plans are with these sorts of stories. Yeah, well, um, you know, I... I I guess forewarn anyone who wants to go and have a look at these stories. They're absolutely heartbreaking. We have to keep in mind these are real people who are very vulnerable and have suffered immensely at the hands of the transgender agenda. Uh, most of the stories that we feature on our website or that we report on in our blogs are of, um, you know, very vulnerable young people who have been enduring mental health issues or might have might have autism or be on the spectrum they may have had trauma in their life and with very few consultations in these gender clinics have been led down this pathway um, and most of them are girls who are put on testosterone at a very young age um, you know it's not it's not ever unheard of, is it, that girls uh, find it hard to go through puberty, um, in, particularly in this culture. We've had um, trends of eating disorders and, uh, you know, whether it's goths or whatever it is. There's always trends in adolescence because it's a very difficult time trying to find your identity. But now the latest um, contagion that's going around is for girls to want to identify as boys. These gender clinics are putting these girls onto testosterone and uh, it has irreversible side effects that are so harmful, so damaging. Their voice lowers. They have male pattern baldness. They have uh, facial hair and hair in other parts of their bodies. They have body changes that are never going to be reversed. And then these young women, some young men, but mostly young women, uh, get through the adolescent stage, come into young adulthood and, and realise they've made a terrible, terrible mistake. They, they were sold the lie that they could change sex, that they could become a boy, that their problems would be solved. They're still suffering from depression or the effects of trauma or being on the spectrum. And it, it hasn't it, it hasn't solved their problems, but it's also added to their problems by giving them new health issues to deal with. So on our website, you can see some of those featured stories. It's very hard to watch. I've met some of these people. I've talked to parents of these people and it's really devastating uh, and there's very little support for them in this country. Some context here, Kiralee. If these were adults of sound mind and making their own decision to transition, they might rightly say to anyone, pull your head in, this is my decision. But what we're talking about here is 
children and uh, some of the evidence that's emerged uh, from other nations like in the UK around the Tavistock uh, clinic that uh, children as young as nine were being introduced to puberty blockers. So we're talking children here and then where a parent's right sits in all of that to be able to help their children navigate uh, those really tricky years of puberty. What are your thoughts here? The fact that it's children makes all the difference, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Uh, As you said, adults are free and at liberty to uh, pursue whatever pathways they want. I will put a little caveat in there that there are many adults who don't know what the consequences of taking cross-sex hormones are and feel like there needs to be more information. But this Royal Commission is particularly about practices, gender practices in children. It's really fascinating. Most people don't realise that uh, puberty blockers Uh, like for boys, uh, chemical castration, the exact same medication that is given to, um, you know, violent sex offending male criminals to chemically castrate them are the exact same uh, medications that can be given to children in this country uh, via puberty blockers or cross-sex hormones. That that has devastating effects on their development. Dr. Dylan Wilson from uh, Queensland has written an open letter. He goes into great depth about the effects of puberty blockers on children. Uh, they're, they're being prescribed off-label. So what that means is they were initially designed for children who have precocious puberty. Uh, it's just have for a very short amount of time uh, to give those children uh, time just to catch up to the other children. Uh, It's never been studied. There's no clinical trials and the rest of it for long-term use for children with gender uh, confusion or dysphoria. So it's it's very concerning what is happening and uh, we are hearing the most dreadful side effects from these medications. Uh, Now just pause for a moment and uh, let's reflect on uh, this issue of chemical castration because as you say uh, it even sounds nice uh, to talk about uh, puberty blockers but essentially the chemical castration just the same as it has been debated now for uh, decades on whether those sorts of chemicals be applied to violent criminals and uh, I think there's still a debate going on with that. I don't know what the exact uh, details are but The fact that these chemicals are irreversible, doing the damage that they do to the body, this is something where, as I understand it, uh, young people are likely to have huge regrets when they come to realise what's happened to them. They'll be saying, why didn't some adult step in and give me some insight here? Uh, Thoughts here on the fact that it's all irreversible and regrets and uh, the courts are going to be full of these sorts of cases into the years to come if, if something doesn't happen. Yeah, unfortunately, that's the case. And these are real people with real lives and real families that are being devastated for the sake of an ideology in this country. And, um, you know, we know that children are not allowed to drink alcohol, drive cars, get tattoos, get married, uh, do so many things because the prefrontal cortex does not fully develop until someone's 25. So it's even incredible in this country that we allow you know, people to do damage to their brains by alcohol and other things at the age of 18. But at least there's recognition that um, that that part of the brain is not fully developed. And so not only do the puberty blockers uh, are given at a time where children can't consent to what's going to happen to them in the future, uh, it will actually affect that brain development. So as they um, reach adulthood, there's going to be a whole new set of problems that come along with that. It's... um. 
it absolutely staggers me that that this one has been allowed to that it's been that it's continuing uh so we will do everything we can to ensure that there is a very thorough rigorous investigation into these practices because too much harm is being done to these children and their families Kira Lee, let us in on uh, your heartbeat here and some of the feedback that you receive around this issue because while there is an activist element in the LGBT push for all these laws, they hate the Christians. It's like Christians walk around with a target and we need to be brought down by these groups and that's what's seemingly happened in the Northern Territory just overnight with this new legislation. But there's another side of this too. Uh, Some people, even from the LGBT community, are actually saying... Isn't this good that Christians at least are standing up because our own children, and they're talking about people in the LGBT uh, sector, are also at risk of all of these sorts of things as well? What sort of feedback do you get, Kira Lee, from groups that are almost like opponents in an activist way, but they're in some sense celebrating the fact that at least Christians are standing up and saying, wait a minute, something's happening here that shouldn't be happening to our children? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I personally have been able to build some um, strong friendships or alliances with, um, you know, radical feminists, lesbian groups and homosexual groups because they also feel that they are being undermined. Um, You know, the whole LGB, the lesbian, gay and bisexual community rely on biology to exist, whereas the transgender and queer and beyond uh, rely on ideology that denies biology. So there's, there's a real threat and internal fight going on uh, within the LGBTQI plus community. Um, but again, these are these are real people with real concerns. Um, women in particular are the ones who are being forced, uh, whether it's in prisons, in change rooms, on the sporting field, you name it, uh, to acquiesce a lot of um, hard-fought rights and privacy and spaces uh, to males who appropriate womanhood. So, um, you know, I think this is a human rights issue, a human issue, not just a Christian issue, not just an LGB issue. This is an issue that affects all of us. And, uh, you know, when I speak to politicians, I say, you know, this isn't a left or a right issue. This isn't an ethnic or a race issue. This isn't even a sexual orientation issue. This is an issue that affects children and parental rights, no matter what the colour of your skin is, what language you speak, uh, you know, how you live out your daily life, whether you have faith or none, uh, this affects us all. And it's a very serious issue that um, I think there's going to be some politicians in this country going to have a lot to answer for um, with the laws that they've passed so far or are intending to pass in the very near future. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision Christian Radio. It's good to have you along with us and your opportunity to contribute to a controversial conversation today. 1-800-316-316 to join in. Kira Lee Smith leads the organisation Binary. The Binary website is binary.org.au and uh, we're taking calls 1-800-316-316. Kira Lee, before we go any further, let's take a call. Ursula is in Maruya in New South Wales. Hi, Ursula. Welcome along. Oh, good morning. Um, what are yes, your thoughts? Good uh, thank you, Kiralee. First, I want, I want to say uh, thank you for your work. I've been following you for a long time. Um, and I'm glad that people are, you know, finally standing up, not just Christians, but, you know, other people that are concerned that the children 
are going to suffer from this. But I heard both of you say before, which is something that concerns me a little, that adults are free to make their choices. Um, and I'm sorry, I can't agree with that because when adults make their choices, their spouses, their children uh, are going to be affected by that. Like the son of a friend of mine, his wife turned lesbian, so the children have lost their mother. Um, the husband lost his wife. Um, you know, when when we give adults the rights to drink, you know, that's something we can do in moderation. But, you know, we would all agree that you can't drive when you're drunk. Um, and when you're on drugs, you sh you know, you're offered rehabilitation. So I think it's a very dangerous message to to give that adults can actually choose and it's only the children we need to protect. Sheila, I think, you know, I can stand corrected uh, when it comes to a thought like that. Uh, I agree with what you've said. Uh, it's a lot more difficult to tell adults what to do. Uh, but when our children are at risk, uh, we take responsibility for how they will grow and develop. But uh, Kiralee, what are your thoughts for Ursula? Thanks for your comments and your question, Ursula. Um, to a, a degree, I do agree um, with what you're saying. And then there's massive consequences. However, I don't think we can police, you know, if someone wants to change their name or put on makeup or, or change their costume or do those sort of things. As a society, I think we can be really a lot better at um, identifying the consequences and how it impacts people. I have a really big problem and I think this is what we do need to legislate against is males appropriating womanhood and then trying to access our sports, our spaces, our prisons, our, uh, you know, shelters and all those sort of things. So there definitely does need to be boundaries, um, doesn't just regardless of age when it comes to those sort of things. Uh, but ultimately God's given man freedom of choice and uh, there are consequences to all of the choices that we make as adults and I think that we need to be having those conversations and debates and unfortunately the free speech issue in this country is that we're um, intimidated and bullied and, and cancelled if we uh, speak those things but I think that Christians should absolutely talk about those consequences as you have today Ursula and I thank you for that um, but at the end of the day you know what a person does in their own home is what a person does in their own home and we can't police that and I don't think um yeah, I just I don't see how that's possible to do, uh, but we do need to draw very strong boundaries when someone's actions and behaviours impacts another person. Ursula, of course, as adults, we have a foundation, don't we? As Christians, we say our foundation is in something that is immovable. It's not changing. It's God's word. It's uh, those details and principles that we can glean from Scripture that we can say are from the heart of God and those things are not changing and that's when we align ourselves when our identity is in Christ we begin to act like and believe like Jesus does and so we come up with these sorts of foundations that are not moving sometimes we call those absolutes and we talk about male and female being absolute but Ursula uh, thank you so much for a great contribution today. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Let's take another call. Uh, Katerina is in Adelaide, South Australia. Katerina, welcome. Hello, hello. Um, first off, I'd like to say you do a wonderful job in trying to um, inform people, Kiralee. I do follow you on Facebook. And, um, oh, look, I had, like, recently the most oh, a, a 
argument. It wasn't, well, I wasn't arguing. I was just saying, you know, it's terrible that adults are allowing this to happen to children and, you know, that, that, that it doesn't reduce the suicide rate, um, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, and um, this lady actually ended up tagging me and she went through all my posts on Facebook and was going, oh, look, such a bad person here. And she was a grandmother of a, of a child who had been... Well, transgendered from a from a girl to a boy, um, and you know, and I, I just sort of said, well, you know, you've got to look at the the cause, at the reason why these children want to do, you know, have put in get put in their head that they want to do this. Because my own niece at school, like five kids in her class, and the classes aren't like of fifty, you know, they're like twenty five or something. Five kids in her class, all girls, all suddenly, and they were all in um, about 11 years old, they all suddenly decide, because of what's going on at school, and the information they're given... That Katerina, you're raising some really important points here. Uh, there's something contagious about a popular trend that's going on, and, uh, and it's primarily here, something to do with girls... Uh, issues in the classroom and anecdotally this sort of stuff is happening much more widespread than if you've got your head in the sand or if you're own, in your own little bubble even as a Christian in your own little group where some of these things are not quite so prevalent uh, these things are happening more and more Kiralee what are your thoughts for Katerina? Oh, thanks for your comments Katerina and I'm so sorry that you've been bullied and harassed on social media uh, it happens to all of us and I think it comes, you know, people, um, they know it's wrong. To lie to children is a, is a really, really serious thing to do. And that's what these people are doing. They're lying to children, saying that they can change their sex when they can't. And this social contagion, I hear it all the time that there's, a, particularly with girls, that whole entire classes or groups of up to 18 in a year at school are all identifying as the opposite sex. And uh, it, it's absolutely it's cruel and it's extreme uh, for teachers, parents, grandparents to say to to lie to children and say that they can change their sex because they can't. Katerina, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today. Let's take another call just before news, if I'm able to. I'm uh, not, uh, not connecting with that uh, caller. Uh, we might have to come back to that one. Hey, we're just a couple of minutes out from news. Uh, the stories that are appearing on your website, detransitioner stories. <laughs> Let's hope these can be uh, just as uh, socially contagious as the opposite way. But when people start to hear the truth, uh, that they'll actually begin to look into some of those details. Uh, we're going to enlarge on this more after the news, but you've got a story of Judith on your uh, website. It's a detransitioner story. Yeah, it is, um, and it will probably take me more than a minute to share it, Neil, so I might share it after the news, but what I might say is that these detransitioners, we also have to keep in mind that many of them lost their community, uh, their family, their friends, when they first initially transitioned, 
um, because people didn't know how to handle it. And then when they start detransitioning, um, they lose community all over again from the um, transgender community. So uh, a lot of compassion is needed and a real opportunity for the church and for Christians to embrace people, to encourage them, to minister to them and to help them um, sort through their identity issues because ultimately at the end of the day, that's what we're all here on earth for is to realise that we're sons and daughters of God, we're brothers and sisters with Christ and uh, we're being made ready as a bride for him. Kiralee, we're going to get on to Judith's story in just a few moments. Before we do, let's take that call that I was trying to put to air just before the news. James is in Kyabram in Victoria. Hi, James. Welcome along. Hi, Neil. Hi, Kiralee. Um, yes, thanks. Hi, I, I totally, sorry. Yeah, what are um, your yes, thoughts? I totally agree. I, I just I want to lay a little foundation just from Matthew where it talks about uh, and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. And then that's uh, Matthew twenty four twenty four. Then Second Thessalonians says, "Let no one in any way deceive you." Um, and this is the thing that I'm concerned about in the world because I, I could class myself as an intercessor. I'm not saying I'm the best intercessor out there. But, uh, you know, like the proverb says, rebuke a wise man, he will become yet wiser. But rebuke a fool, and I can't remember the tail end of that. You might know it off by heart, Neil. <laughs> but, um, but the thing, the deception, the deception that I see that, you know, I looked at uh, President Obama and, and Michelle Obama, who I'm calling Michelle, but have recently found out is really uh, Michael. Um, it, you won't find this. A lot of Australians, a lot of, you might be surprised. When the person told me, I didn't want to talk to him anymore. But apparently the brother of President Obama um, says that his brother is a raging homosexual. Michelle Obama is actually uh, a man. And, and, and of course, they got birth certificates. That little girl came and asked Michelle Obama, how long have you been married? She didn't know what to say. She ends up saying 20 years. And then... And then she turns a little bit later and says, oh, no, 10 years. And I thought, I've never met a woman who didn't know this little girl in innocence asked a question that brought down a whole situation and even Obama. So, but being a prayer, we know it's, we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but we're fighting against powers and principalities. A spirit of deception, a spirit of error can be over a whole nation because they have someone who's falsely come in, as I said there, doing great signs and wonder, become a president of America, is no small feat. And it, and it deceived me. I saw President Obama and Michelle dancing. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. And to have that going on, and I was watching it, and I didn't pick up the deception. But okay. I've been brought into the truth. James, and I know that that... deception is one of those things uh, that we're all got to be aware of. Uh, but if you don't know if there is anything that is absolutely true... Uh, you're very, very open to be deceived very, very easily. A thought or two here from Kiralee for James. Well, yeah, um, it's deception is definitely behind uh, what's going on with the current gender agenda and movement. We know from the very beginning of the Bible that God created male and female. Male and female, he created them and said they were very good. Uh, there's only two options. And uh, even science, um, you know, we often know that science comes uh, into agreement with God, uh, often later down the track. But science has never been able to prove anything other than male or female sex characteristics. 
There is male, there is female. That's it. There is nothing else. There's no evidence. There's no proof for anything else. As I said, gender is a personality expression. And we are lying to children. We're lying to adults. We're deceiving people if we agree that someone can change their sex because they can't. A man cannot become a woman. A woman cannot become a man. There's male, there's female. There's not all this in between. Uh, You are a male who expresses yourself in a million or an infinite amount of ways. You can be a female who expresses yourself in an infinite amount of ways, but you're still male or you're still female. So uh, I think it's very important to be aware of those deceptions, to not come in agreement with lies and to be like Jesus, who is the truth and that we should be truth speakers because that's the most loving thing that we can do. James in Kyabram, thanks so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Perhaps we'll take some more calls shortly, but let's get on to that detransitioner story. And I mentioned just before the news, maybe listeners will check on this one. Well, I've discovered it's so new that it's not quite on the website yet, but it's the story of Judith. Uh, give us some insights here, Kira Lee. This is an Aussie woman, and uh, what's her story? Yeah, um, look, it's a really heartbreaking interview that I did with Judith. I've been speaking with Judith for several years now. She has a daughter who, um, before the age of 18, was um, dealing with some mental health issues and depression and a few things going on. Um, One day joined a new drama group at her school and as one of the callers said earlier, uh, these girls weren't 11. They were in their senior high school years. Um, But pretty much the entire class, uh, all the girls in this entire drama class decided that they would identify as boys and um, Judith explains that uh, her daughter ended up in a mental health unit in Newcastle at John Hunter um, which has Maple Leaf House attached to it Um, so there's pretty radical gender activism going on in New South Wales particularly in that area Uh, they convinced um, Judith's daughter to go on to testosterone without Judith or her husband's consent Uh, they removed or encouraged the daughter to move out of home to live with other uh, gender dysphoric people Uh, of course her daughter's depression was not dealt with her mental health issues were not dealt with after 18 months on testosterone her daughter decided to stop taking it she has come home Uh, it's it's not fixed by any stretch of the imagination this um this poor young woman still has very serious mental health issues but now she also has to deal with uh receding hairline because the testosterone causes baldness her voice is lowered her she's got facial hair her body shape has changed and she has uh, very serious depression and other mental health issues when um, they've gone back to the clinic to uh, get help for Judith's daughter, the clinic have basically wiped their hands and said there's nothing we can do. The health minister in New South Wales doesn't want to help. The state politicians, uh, you know, just throw up their hands. So, you know, when you watch these interviews and you see these stories and you you meet these people face-to-face, this is very traumatic. It's very heartbreaking. Um, So Judith and and three other mums have been going down to Canberra, meeting with politicians and and begging them for a royal commission into gender clinic practices because, you know, they're left on their own, they're isolated, they're traumatised and there are no solutions for these people and it's, it's criminal. 
If there is like a social contagion that's happening amongst children in schools, Kiralee, they're clearly being inspired by the sorts of images they're seeing in the media. Uh, People who are, you know, declaring that uh, I'm no longer a girl, I'm a boy, or they're going through some sort of transition and it all looks so wonderful and the glitter and all of those sorts of things. I wonder whether there is going to be a similar sort of reaction when children begin to get exposed to detransitioner stories. I wonder if you've got any thoughts here about how that can happen. Yeah, look, it's it's an interesting question and I've been talking to people around the country about this because we know that at the moment when children identify as the opposite sex or non-binary, they're celebrated and we hear of schools holding special days like Wear It Purple Days or Rainbow Days and they get these children up at assembly and they make a big fuss of them and, and these children who were once feeling, you know, perhaps lonely, isolated, ostracised are now celebrated and heroes. Um, but unfortunately, when they start detransitioning, most of them have left school, uh, they're out in the community and feel very lonely and isolated. So I think uh, some of the things we need to do is hear their stories and tell their stories. We need to honour them, we need to celebrate them, we need to support them, we need to come around them uh, to help them in, in a lot of ways because um, identity is an issue for all human beings. Every single one of us has had to work through, you know, who our identity and as Christians we know that our identity doesn't come from who we are but from who God is and who he says we are. Um, but for so many people uh, that they haven't had that opportunity or that experience. So I think there's a really uh, unique, Uh, time now where we can come alongside we can financially support those uh, who are battling against the health system we can offer uh, safe places counseling respect and honor to those people and uh, also we need other young voices to speak out there are young voices on um, social media you know that make transitioning look so attractive but they tell lies and they don't tell the full story so we actually need other young people who are going to get on those social media platforms and encourage young girls to be girls and if they want to be masculine in that that's okay and we want to encourage young boys to be boys and if they have feminine expressions that okay as well they don't have to take dramatic uh steps like drugs or surgery um but yeah they can express themselves in many different ways so i think there's a real opportunity for for young christian conservative uh strongly identified people to start standing up and speaking out and encouraging their peers to embrace who they are without that sort of medicalized pathway Let's take another call. Tracy is in Nanango in Queensland. Hi, Tracy. Welcome along. Hello. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say with this um, gender thing that's going on with children, I mean, it, it's just oh, it's gobsmacking, really. I mean, children can't make decisions for their life, especially in a young age. And, you know, I mean, they shouldn't even be allowed to make these decisions when they have no... Um, the mentality of the long-term repercussions of these decisions, let alone, you know, when I was 16, you know, I mean, I was still making mistakes and even as I got older. So it's just absolutely shocking. I, I just can't comprehend what's going on with our children. It's terrible. Well, we might know that our children are not mature enough to make these sorts of decisions, 
Uh, but Kiralee, there are all sorts of academics, no doubt, working in universities and research departments all over this nation who are coming up with all sorts of reports saying this is all good. Otherwise, surely our legislators wouldn't be following this line. Uh, what's happening to our educators, our researchers, our university professors, that these sorts of things have gone so haywire? Yeah, well, I mean, we know the education system in Australia has been um, infiltrated by radical left-wing activists, um, ideologues, people who really uh, just want to try and justify and excuse their own poor decisions and um, and capture as many young minds as they can. Uh, the, the fact is not enough research or studies have been done because um, universities refuse to fund those studies or allow ac- academics to go down that pathway. They cancel them, they withdraw funding or withhold funding uh, in these areas. But we, we have enough scientific evidence, uh, as we said earlier, whether it's, you know, we know brain development, we know um, the sort of decisions and capabilities that children have, and there is no way on earth that children can consent to puberty blockers. They can't consent to being sterile as adults. They can't consent to having zero sexual function. A 12-year-old doesn't know what what it would be like to be married and have a healthy sexual relationship with their spouse. So they can't consent to these puberty blockers. And unfortunately, there's too many activists in the healthcare system, the education system, uh, bureaucrats basically in this nation who are unaccountable, unelected, and uh, are making these outrageous uh, decisions for our children. And it is going to require the church, parents and concerned citizens to really stand up as one and draw a line in the sand and say enough is enough. And so that's why our organisation exists. Um, You know, there's some others that do similar work, but we're in this space to, um, to make sure that our numbers and our voices count for the sake of these children because it is absolutely so harmful and devastating what is going on in the name of this ideology. Uh, Let me go out on a little bit of a limb here, a little bit of a risk. I've still got Tracy on the line from Nanango, a beautiful small country town uh, there in the South Burnett in Queensland. Tracy, as you're calling in and you're a concerned uh, maybe parent or grandparent, uh, are you noticing anything in your community about the way kids are behaving? Uh, is, Is this perhaps partly what prompts you to make a call today? Is this something you're seeing in your community? Um, well, I drive school buses, so you know I, I uh, am with a lot of children regularly. And um, one day I had sitting behind me there was about six young children. I mean, the eldest was probably nine, and the others were you know six and seven. And they, the a young boy said, "Oh, when I grow up, I'm going to marry a man." And then um, the young girl said, "Well, when I grow up, I'm going to marry a woman." And then they said to me, "Well." what do you think? And I I really had to bite my tongue because you're not allowed to say anything. And, and I just said, well, apparently you're allowed to. I said, but it's wrong. And, and I mean, you know, like, what can you say? It's, uh, it's Because if I say something, then they go and tell their teacher or their mother, then I'm going to be in big trouble and probably lose my job, you know? Well, Tracy, appreciate you sharing that. And uh, there you go. I mean, you know, when we talk about doing university research, uh, you know, what we've just done is we've heard some research from a country town uh, in uh, in Queensland, and uh, it's significant just to hear this sort of response uh, from someone who is actually seeing these children on a day-to-day basis. And uh, I want to thank you so much, Tracy, for sharing that. Uh, Kiralee, lots of people like Tracy, feeling like they've got to hold their tongue 
Um, is it true that you've got to hold yep. your tongue, or you, what sort of how do you, how do you think oh, we should look, respond? I think every situation is different, Neil, and and uh, I guess individuals have to assess that for themselves. Um, I'd say a couple of things there. One is. Please contact us at binary, info at binary.org.au, if you have testimonies like that because a lot of politicians don't believe this is happening because they're not hearing it from people. So I say to you, Tracy, and to anyone who's listening, if you have stories like that, please write them down. I will ensure your anonymity if that is what you ask. I will only ever share stories that I'm given permission to share, like, Judith gave me permission to share that story, so I shared it. There are hundreds of people who contact me that don't want their story shared, but they're happy for me to collate these stories so that I've got evidence to present to these politicians um, to show them that this is exactly what is happening in our communities and we need to do something about it. Um, you know, I think that some people really um, need to sit before God and, you know, Tracy, if you're part of a church, go to your church, um, ask people to pray with you, talk to your pastor. But it is going to require at some point for more people to stand up and speak out. And there'll be unique ways to do that. And in that situation, talking to the children may not be the most appropriate uh, thing or, you know, losing your job over that may not be the most appropriate thing. But there are steps that can be taken. Uh, our website um, sets some of those things up and you can contact me directly and I can help you navigate some of those things. But as Christians, as churches, I think churches are the ones that are responsible now to start speaking into this space, uh, to educate children, to encourage families and to give them a place where it's safe to say marriage is between a man and a woman and this is the best thing, you know, for a healthy, happy, long life and uh, we've got to reclaim the culture in that sense. Uh, Tracy, uh, well done and uh, be encouraged and uh, continue to yep. exercise wisdom. Uh, thank you so much for your call. Uh, we're almost out of time. Let's take one more call. Carol is in Alumba in North Queensland, near Cairns. Hello, Carol. Welcome along. Oh, hello. How are you? Very well. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I want to know, um, okay, this, this transgenderism is here with us. And as a, as a Christian and as a grandmother and a great-grandmother, I want to know, and, and as a person who's in a church, a large church, if somebody, uh, my heart, I, I'm thinking about the ones who've already had the surgery in that. And if someone got saved, one of them, got, you know, if they got saved and came to church or came to me, is, is there somewhere, where do they go for help? A good question yeah. there, Carol. Uh, Kiralee, where do you go for help if this is impacting you, in your family, in your church? Uh, you can see your neighbours struggling with this. Where do you go for help? Yeah, well, great question and comment, Carol. And um, and I think we're going to see that increasing a lot as well. Um, so first of all, the church should be a place, one, where we love all kinds of people. It doesn't matter whether they're transgender, adulterers, thieves, murderers, whoever it is, you know, we're called to be Jesus to each of those people. So that is definitely the first port of call. But then there are specialists and support groups. Um, again, you know, through binary, we can put you in touch with those sort of people. Um, first and foremost, when dealing with individuals, it is it is essential to uh, dignify and respect an individual regardless of their beliefs, regardless of their behaviour, you know, to, um, to a degree. Um, 
but but there are there are resources there are groups there are people there are psychologists there are doctors who can help those people um but it's all about relationship build a relationship with those people and um and then look for those resources you know contact me at binary and we'll help you Wonderful. Carol, thank you so much for your call. Time is running out. Uh, We mentioned right at the top and we began to discuss all sorts of challenges there around a call for a Royal Commission. Uh, When people go to the new, fresh, refreshed binary website, uh, is there something there that you can get on board and uh, be a part of what's happening so far as the call uh, for a Royal Commission or uh, just to be a part of the team. No doubt there'll be all sorts of uh, subscriber lists that are continuing to grow for you, Kira Lee. And last time we spoke, there was something like 60,000 who were getting your email subscription. Uh, How are things continuing here and how can people get on board with what you're doing? Yeah, look, we are. We're growing all the time. I don't have the updated numbers, but I know it's up around 70,000 now, which is really exciting and encouraging for people. But on the new website, uh, there's petitions that you can sign. So there's a, there is a specific petition for a royal commission into gender clinics. So please go ahead and sign that. Uh, that will also sign you up for our weekly uh, e-news that you'll get updates of what's happening uh, in Australia and around the world. There's also a volunteer portal now, which is really exciting so that state groups and local groups can um, take action. So we will be uh, doing things along the lines of letterbox dropping, uh, door knocking, uh, coordinated campaigns in calling or contacting local politicians or schools or libraries, whatever it is. So um, as we, we grow that volunteer base, we will be able to take actions, um, perhaps even have some rallies, have some public meetings and do things like that. So it really is next level that Binary is going to now, thanks to the support of um, our incredible supporters so far but that just continues to grow every single day well Kira Lee honour to you you're leading the organisation Binary I'll point listeners to visit that website Uh, all sorts of ways listeners can participate in the good work you're doing binary.org.au that's binary.org.au Kira Lee Smith thanks so much for joining us today on 2020 thank you for having me Neil Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.